Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. This episode of the Bearstalk Underground is brought to you by Sports Drink. Your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or in social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in Sports Drink. Spelled like Sports Drink, but without the vowels. So S-P-R-T-S-D-R-N-K. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're trying not to let out the funk. <laughs> What's up, guys? It was ugly. It was frustrating. But it's a W. And uh, those, uh, I mean, if, if today's any indication, those might be few and far between with the way our beloved uh, are playing football, especially on the offensive side uh, of the ball uh, these days. But, uh, you know, we got the win. We should have beaten the Texans. And we did. Uh, it was harder than it should have been. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if my dad is right about saying the Bears played down to the competition, but that's kind of how it feels, uh, especially with the way that we played San Francisco, the way we kind of hung in there with the Packers on, you know, last Sunday, even though we were basically dominated throughout, uh, you know, by a better team uh, last week. The, the fact that we should have scored that touchdown at the end, the one that people are still crying about that, you know, Fields was over the line, but they didn't give it to him and all that kind of stuff. You know, I felt that we played better in those first two weeks than we even came close to uh, on Sunday uh, against the Texans, and I think that's why it was frustrating. I didn't expect the Bears to win like 50-3 to three, uh, or anything like that. Um, I, I, I figured the game might be close, but I didn't think it would be such a goddamn struggle, and that's what was so frustrating uh, about watching it. So uh, you'll definitely hear my 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 dis, my I don't want to say disgust, but that's the only word coming to mind at the moment during the knee jerk reactions and everything else in between. So let's go ahead and get started. This is the week three review episode of the Bears Talk Underground. So let's get to it. Hang up the Week three of the NFL schedule, this young uh, season that we're in, the first of the Matt Eberflus era, had our beloved returning home to Soldier Field for the for the last time in what well, we got. It's be about three weeks before we come back because we got two road games uh, after this. We got the Giants next Sunday and the Vikings in Minnesota in October. Weird. After that, before we come home on Thursday night uh, to play the commanders um and what will be the gouge my goddamn eyes out game um or the first of two actually because we get to wear the orange helmets with the orange jerseys twice in three weeks we get to do it on national tv against the commanders and then two weeks later in dallas on halloween or like halloween eve or something like that will be the chicago pumpkins while we take on the dallas cowboys and whatever uniform they're gonna wear that day so 
Yeah, October is going to be a bad month for me. I can just feel it. But um, nonetheless, we return home after a rough outing against the Packers on Sunday uh, in Lambeau. In, in a game, one of the few games the Bears are going to be favored to win all season. You know, maybe we'll get a nod. Uh, well, that's actually a road game, so maybe not. Against the Falcons, um, we get the Jets, you know, later on in the season who are actually not playing poorly. They're just not winning uh, at this point. Uh, they pulled one off last week against the uh, the um, Browns, but uh, they kind of got ran through yesterday uh, by the Bengals. But, you know, one of the few opportunities all year we're going to be favored to, to win a game, uh, and we were start to finish. From the, from the moment the Packer game was over until this one kicked off, the Bears were favored to win against the Texans. And I guess they were just hell-bent on, on just barely covering the uh, the spread because I think the Bears were a two-and-a-half-point favorite, um, and we won by three, so we just barely covered. And, um, yeah, so I don't know if they were just trying to keep Vegas in business on that one, but uh, the game was far too difficult. Um, and, and you'll hear my frustrations, especially in, in the, the first quarter knee-jerk reaction, and it, it really doesn't stop. Uh, throughout you will hear me declare in the fourth quarter knee-jerk reaction that this is um, and I thought we were past these days but this is the first yeah but victory of the Eberflus era you know yeah we won and we're all thrilled about that but we'll talk about the but later on so anyway let's go ahead and 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 get started with this the first quarter knee-jerk reaction first of all we come out passing against the third-worst run defense in the NFL. The passing results are garbage, and we lose one of our key players, but yet somehow at the end of it, we have the lead. <laughs> Knee-jerk reaction, first quarter, Bears and Texans, and it's been a very mixed bag of of just good things and mess. Probably more a mess than good things we've seen in the first quarter. I mean... We're facing the third worst rush defense in the NFL. And on our opening drive where we somehow mustered a field goal, we ran the ball seven out of eight plays. Or excuse me, we passed the ball seven out of eight plays. And uh, I really am growing tired of watching Justin Fields sit in the pocket and look downfield. Just look and look and look and look and look and look. Just Run the goddamn ball or throw it away already. It's getting ridiculous at this point. We're playing the Texans. This is not the 49ers or the Packers. So this margin for error or whatever, or this uh, this this abundance of patience that we'd have because we're facing top 10 defenses the first two weeks of the season, it's gone now. It's gone. The Texans are garbage. Get rid of the goddamn ball. We're not facing the level of talent we've seen the last two weeks. This is ridiculous. Good news, bad news. Uh, on, the, on the next drive, we were able to drive it all the way down. We ran the ball primarily on that drive. Um, the bad news is we've lost David Montgomery. For how long, we don't know yet, but he got rolled up in pass protection on, I think, maybe one of the two pass plays on that drive. When he goes down, Khalil Herbert comes in and pounds it in from 11 yards out to make it 10 nothing. 
And then the Texans went to work. Uh, now they're, they're still having difficulty running the ball, which is progress, but gouging the Bears in the passing game. They, uh, you know, big 50-plus yard uh, play on third and seven to get them deep in the territory. A few plays later, they make it 10-7. Then they pick off Justin Fields, who was targeting Cole Komet for like the first time all season. Throw Komet's wide open down the middle of the field, and Fields just threw a bad ball. And uh, the safety was able to dive in behind it to, uh, to pick it off. But Eddie Jackson... Second interception of the season, picked him off in the end zone. So now the Bears are uh, at their own 20-yard line, for, uh, second and 10, to uh, start the second quarter. It's 10-7. The Bears are winning, but I'm not liking what I'm seeing. <laughs> so there you go. Um, I've, Like I said, I, I've, I've been growing impatient with Fields just sitting there and, and looking downfield and not doing anything. Now, in the in the Packer game, in the San Francisco game, they have outstanding secondaries. They have outstanding defenses. So, you know, it, it leads you to believe like, oh, man, the, we've got to be covered back there. Nobody's getting open, you know, especially last week against the the Packers with Amos and Savage and Jair Alexander and, and you know, the, the studs they have uh, in the secondary. A lot of first-round picks uh, in that secondary uh, of theirs. You know, they're, they're, they're solid back there. So the fact that nobody's getting open, not, not a great surprise. But against the Texans, they have Petrie and the rookie who basically made his career yesterday, two, two interceptions and a sack uh, against the Bears. Uh, and Stingley, they're the number three overall pick in this year's draft. That's basically all they have on defense. You know, Jerry Hughes is an, is an old veteran. He's been around the league uh, and everything. But outside of that, they have nothing to write home about on defense. Nothing. Uh, and yet there's field standing back there and it's, it's starting to, it, you know, it morphed into, okay, well, we're facing, you know, a secondary, we're facing top talent at every level of the defense against the 49ers and the Packers to what are you waiting for somebody? And that the other thing is when you go back and you look, there are guys that are open. He's just not throwing it to them. So he's either not trusting what he sees, he's thinking too goddamn much or something to not be getting rid of the football. And then, like I said, either take off and run because you know you want to or get rid of the ball. You can't just stand back there all day. And, you know, this is the NFL. Backyard football isn't always going to get you where you need to go. So either just three-step drop, five-step drop, the, the point of those of the three-step drop, the five-step drop, like the point of those numbers is that when you make X amount of step, the ball comes out after that. So like you're making your read as you're dropping back. When you hit that third step, boom, ball's out. When you hit the fifth step, boom, ball's out. When you hit the seventh step, boom, ball's out. Not I'm making my seven-step drop. I'm standing here. I'm looking left. I'm looking right. I'm looking at the middle. I'm looking at the left again, and so on. Before you finally decide, because the biggest play in that opening drive was a 29-yard scramble from Justin Fields where he stood back in the pocket for half an hour where his offensive line got him all day and he still didn't find anybody. You go back and look at the play. Cole Komet was open. This guy was coming across on a dig. What are you looking at? Get rid of the ball or throw it away. One of the two. And instead, he tucks it. He tucks it in, runs it in for 29 Yard. So it turns into a positive play, but there are a lot of things that went wrong 
uh, on the play. And the other thing is, in his defense, sometimes the guys aren't getting open. Sometimes the offensive line lets him down. You heard me talking about that as well uh, in the first quarter, knee-jerk reaction. You know, he's dropping back. He's immediately under pressure. Uh, And the times that he's got there, maybe somebody isn't open. It's like each play has its own story to tell. So it's just like when we were in the preseason and that game against Seattle, that 10-yard or that 10-play drive where we kicked the field goal uh, and everything, Fields was under a lot of pressure. But on this one, it was the back that didn't pick up uh, the blitzer. It was this guy not getting open. This was Fields not making the right decision. It's not all the offensive line that's failing, and every one of those plays wasn't on Justin Fields. It's just that's where my frustration sat. It, it's it's getting frustrating sitting there watching him stand around in the pocket and not do anything. That's what's frustrating. And then you hear, you go back and you look at the the replay or the All-22 if you have access, and then you see, oh, here's so-and-so coming across. Uh, the, the Like one play where he tried to squeeze it into Komet and got picked off, he had a guy wide open down the sideline, and so on. So that's you know what kind of gets frustrating about it. And for the first time all season, we're facing uh, a level of talent nowhere near to what we've had to face the first two weeks. So, like I said, I wasn't expecting the Bears to win 50-3 to or anything like that, but I wasn't expecting us to look worse against the Texans than we did against the Packers and the 49ers. That's where the frustration uh, was coming in uh, on that. So, um, But like I said, we lost David Montgomery. Uh, early estimates say that I guess he didn't tear anything, or at least that's what they were saying at the end of the game because he went out during our second drive. So he didn't make it out of the first quarter. Uh, It was a knee and an ankle. He got rolled up. He was in pass protection, and a lineman basically caved in his right leg and, uh, you know, rolled up his knee and and his ankle. So maybe a high ankle sprain, maybe a knee sprain, but I guess nothing is torn. They they said in the press conference after the game, he's day-to-day. It's like, well, aren't we all? So... We'll have to wait and see on the severity with David Montgomery, but same as last season, we got Khalil Herbert, who more than made up for David Montgomery's absence with 157 yards rushing and two touchdowns uh, yesterday. What a stud, man. Man, did we luck out getting that kid in the sixth round uh, last year. Um, Kristen Ebner uh, led a, led a little, left a little to be desired uh, as the... Um, as the guy coming off the bench uh, for Herbert, but uh, we 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 ended up with 281 yards rushing. That's with scrambling. Equinemia St. Brown ran a, a like a jet sweep uh, of some kind yesterday. Got some decent yardage off of it. So it's a mixture of things. But 157 from Herbert was was boss is what it was. So, but you know we we. It wasn't so much frustrating that the Texans were able to get their offense going. It's the moments that they were able to do it. That 53-yard play that got them out of their own territory and deep into ours and set up the touchdown was on third and seven. And that's what's been frustrating with this defense the last couple of weeks is that if we played, we were playing Canada rules, we'd be a son of a bitch of a defense. Because on first and second down, we got it. We got it down. It's on third down when we fall apart. Well, in Canada, they punt on third down. Unfortunately, in the NFL, third down's that critical one, and we seem to be folding more times than not uh, on it. But what was ironic 
was that two of their biggest plays of the game came on third down, and they were like two or two of twelve, three of twelve on third down. So th- it, that's what was what was especially frustrating was on those big third and seven, third and seven plus, which the announcers were so kind to remind us Texas haven't converted one of these yet. Oh, and then they did two out of three uh, in this game for huge plays against the Bears. It's like, come on, guys, really? But um, we still got some work. It's a young secondary. Kyler Gordon is, I think he's going to be better on the outside. And and why we're still putting Kendall Vildor out on the field is beyond me. Like, I know Jalen Johnson missed the game with a quad injury, but Kendall Vildor is trash, and he played like it yesterday. Um, I can I can have some patience with Kyler Gordon because he's a rookie and just getting caught up with the speed of the game uh, and everything and, and getting caught staring in the backfield and, uh, and things like that. Kendall Vildor, this is what, year three or so uh, for Kendall Vildor. Um, not his first time out there playing, not his first time starting. He got some you know, some work in with, uh, with the Bears the last couple years um, as a fifth rounder and everything. So, yeah, he was garbage yesterday. So we move on uh, to the second quarter. And it didn't get much better. As a matter of fact, the Texans took the lead uh, in the second quarter. So frustrations are setting in, especially with the last minute uh, of the of the first half where we ended up getting the ball back because we got a quick three and out from the Texans, but we did absolutely nothing with it, and I don't exactly know why. <laughs> Knee-jerk reaction, second quarter, Bears, Texans, and I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Um I see a lot of, uh, you know, piss-poor pass blocking. Justin Fields is under pressure almost immediately, which has got Luke Getze hesitant to throw the ball at all uh, in this game. Uh, I'm not uh, seeing a whole lot of Khalil Herbert, uh, who ran the ball very well on the touchdown drive uh, in this one. I'm also kind of seeing the Texans figuring us out uh, on defense, they're, they're not having much trouble uh, moving the football. After taking a 10-0 lead, the Bears have been outscored 14-13. to And, um, you know, I just, overall, it just doesn't look good. You know, I, we, we, don't look, um, we don't look like we have it all together uh, on offense. Like, we're still struggling to find ourselves uh, there. Uh, Justin Fields is... is uh, either hanging on to the ball too long or he's just he's under pressure almost immediately uh, and everything. It's just not a good look out there uh, at all. Um, we're down 14 to 13 and we we forced the three and out with the Texans maybe running, I don't know, 10, 12 seconds off the clock after we scored the field goal. And we we had all three timeouts going in with this, into this final drive, and <laughs> we still had all three of them when the half ended. Uh, we we got a first down with about forty seconds to go, and we run t- and we just let run- time just keep running and running and running and running, and then on the ensuing play, Justin Fields gets sacked again, and that was it. We go into the half. And, and we, we give the ball back to Houston to start the second half. What are we doing? We had no sense of urgency on this drive where we could at least get into field goal range and take the lead before we go back 
into the half. I mean, we I wasn't expecting to get the ball back, and we got it back with a minute 10 and all three timeouts, and we did nothing on purpose, seemingly. I mean, it was unbelievable. So, anyway, the good news is we're only down one. It's 14 to 13. We got a whole half of football left. Hopefully we put some adjustments together and we can figure this thing out because this is a winnable, winnable football game for the Bears. And right now we're just kind of pissing it away, you know, uh, that that week one victory over the 49ers where we look sharp and tough and determined and gritty and everything is starting to look like a week one fluke. It really is. So we really need to get need to get it together in the second half. And take over this football game. Because this is one of the few opportunities all season that we're going to be the better team on paper and on the field. And we're letting it get away from us. So big frustrations with that final minute of the second quarter there. I mean, it was... It it felt like a good time. Because it felt like a good time to go for it. Because we had the three timeouts and... If you guys remember, and I know they're two completely different quarterbacks, but Mitch was always really good in the final two minutes because he could shut off his brain and just play football because you had no time to think. It was snap, drop, throw, snap, drop, throw, snap, drop, throw, you know, that kind of thing. And I figured that would be something that maybe Justin Fields could benefit from. It's like we're running the two-minute. We don't have time to dilly-dally back there and watch guys for nine seconds run around the field. Uh, and things like that, get the ball, boom, hot route, boom, hit this guy into the end zone, you know, into the sideline, stop the clock, so on and so forth. We got that first down, and at the end of that play, we had 40 seconds to go. We still had all three timeouts, did not call a timeout, did not snap the ball until there was like 25, 26 seconds left, and that's the play that Fields got sacked on. And then we just, with three timeouts, just let it run out and we go into the half. So that's where the concerns, and that's where it really started to ramp up, especially online, people saying that the Bears don't trust Justin Fields because they didn't put the ball in his hand with a minute to go and three timeouts at the end of the, uh, at the, end of the first half. That's the only thing that kind of makes sense when you look at the scenario. You just sit back, kind of look at the big picture. Three timeouts, a buck ten to go in the half. There's no sense of urgency. You're not trying to get in field goal range to at least try to take the lead before you give the ball back to your opponent to start the second half. No sense of urgency whatsoever, like we were the ones getting the ball back. So I, I don't know if that was just rookie head coach mistake on the part of Iberflus thinking that we started with the football or something or whatever the situation was, because worst-case scenario is they didn't want Fields to turn the ball over and have the Texans gut us right before halftime and then add to their lead when they come out in the second half. It's a scary thought. So I did read a tweet this morning that said Jay Glazer, the insider, one of the you know more prominent insiders in the NFL, said that the Chicago management is sold on Justin Fields. Well, that's encouraging. That's good to hear. But, you know... In that final minute 10 of the second half, or first half, I should say, second quarter, didn't really feel like there was a lot of confidence in our quarterback and allowing him to play his game or perform some kind of magic to try to get us at least in field goal range before the half. 
Because that was the other thing that's looming. It's like we're giving the ball back to Houston. And like I said early on in the reaction, it looks like Houston's kind of hitting their stride offensively. Davis Mills is kind of picking us off, picking us apart uh, back there. Every time we hit a, you know, a route or something, it's Kyler Gordon or Kendra Vildor running behind the guy that just caught the ball and so on. So, you know, and, and Damian Pierce was starting to get rolling. He had 80 yards on, on 20 carries, so four yards uh, a carry. They were starting to get going there. But, they, you know, like I said, they were – and I misspoke. I said that the Bears, ever since we went up 10 nothing, I said we, we, we've been outscored 14-13. to 13. We were outscored 14-3. to three. So, but uh, – so we get through the half. We get into the third quarter, and um, – Again, another mishmash, another mixed bag. Uh, as you hear me say in the reaction, the Bears, you know, dealt the 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 stiffer blow by scoring the touchdown. But it's twenty twenty at the end of three. We're we're going into this fourth quarter, uh, you know, zero zero with the Texans, and it it shouldn't have been like this. <laughs> Knee jerk reaction, third quarter, Bears Texans, and a bit more back and forth uh, in the third quarter. Uh, but the Bears striking the, the deeper wound, scoring a touchdown to take a 20-17 uh, to 17 lead after the Texans took their opening drive for a uh, field goal. Um, Khalil Herbert running the ball like a beast once again. Uh, we're not putting the ball in Justin Fields' hands unless we're making him run it. So, you you know, it's it's getting harder and harder to ignore the overtures on Twitter saying that they don't trust their quarterback because the evidence is mounting. And I don't know if they don't trust him because the offensive line can't be trusted to keep him upright or whatever the situation is there. Justin Fields is on pace. I think I saw on Twitter to throw for 90 yards in this game, which is 20 yards better than last week against the Packers, but pathetic nonetheless. Uh, here at the half, it's or at the half at the end of the third quarter, it's twenty twenty. The Texans had a field goal. Uh, the Bears, I think, are third down going into the fourth quarter. We have the football, and it'll be imperative for the Bears to stick to the bend but don't break on defense and to put at least one more touchdown on the board on offense if we want to come away with a win here. So. Uh, yeah, it's still anybody's game because at twenty twenty it's essentially zero zero. So, whoever wins the fourth quarter wins the ball game. And something that I failed to mention on that last field goal drive for the Texans, Roquan Smith, who had a monster game yesterday, sixteen I think tackles, and uh, the interception that ended up winning the game for us, um, had like the biggest play uh, on defense. Um, yesterday because the Texans that field goal drive got them all the all the way down inside the five and on I believe it was third down that forced the field goal uh Damian Pierce got the handoff and Roquan shot the gap got through penetrated and turned it into like a two-yard loss um whereas like you know if the Texans score obviously we're in big trouble we have to score a touchdown in the fourth quarter instead of just needing the field goal to to win at the end like we did uh, it was an important, important play. And um, Roquan had a nice bounce back after two not-so-good performances. People asking where Roquan Smith disappeared to uh, against the Packers and the 49ers. Finally had a Roquan Smith-style game uh, against the Texans. So that was nice to uh, 
nice to see. But a huge play from Roquan uh, to stuff that run and force the uh, field goal and and made it a 20-20 game as opposed to playing behind from the entire fourth quarter. Because you might have seen some more uh, desperation from Justin Fields in the fourth quarter. I mean, it he still threw another interception when he was trying to hit Mooney down the field uh, on on in the fourth quarter. But, you know, it could have been – it may have been worse. He may have been trying to force something – uh, as opposed to just taking what he thought was there uh, and everything. But, um, you know, it was uh, it was an interesting quarter. Uh, you know, on, on one hand, it would, it, that, but that was the whole game, was on, on one hand, we were running the ball like savages. You know, Luke Getze, for all his faults as a play caller thus far, the guy sticks with the run, something that Nagy refused to do, something that we as Bear fans were practically – on our knees, screaming to the heavens for him to do. With monsters like with uh, with Montgomery and Herbert in the backfield, we're throwing the ball 40, 50 times uh, a game for little to no results because it's not like those 40 passes or 50 passes from Mitch or Dalton or, uh, you know, Nick uh, Foles, you know, and, you know, and, and are, are, are raking in four or 500 yard games. Uh, or anything like that. So, yeah, uh, just you have these guys. By God, use them. And I don't think that's going to be an issue for Luke Getze. Like when when David Montgomery is healthy and he comes back, I don't think we're going to see Khalil Herbert disappear from the lineup like we did last year. When Montgomery went down with that knee injury against the Lions, we had Khalil Herbert as our as our starting running back for four weeks. I think he averaged over 100 yards rushing in all those games. And then when Montgomery come back, we never really saw Herbert again for the rest of the season. I don't think that's going to be an issue with uh, with Getze. He's going to either A, stick with the hot hand, or he's going to keep going with the with, he's going to stick with the run because we ran for almost 200 yards against the Packers last week, almost 300 yesterday, or this today, yesterday, today with the uh, – against the Texans. So, and then you have the passing game, which you just, you're waiting. Uh, what, what was so frustrating about the, the Nagy era was that we can sit here and talk about like, well, of course we know what we have with Darno Mooney. He's, uh, probably a solid number two, maybe a three, depending on what team he's on, but he's not a, a number one, but it, it'll be interesting to see. Cause you keep hearing about how he's like the hardest worker on the team and he has number one receiver uh, promise. And yet, he in three games, he's caught like two or three passes for like 12 yards. And then it's like, okay, well, we've finally gotten Cole Komet away from Matt Nagy. We might actually see the kid get used. And in three games, he's got like four targets and two catches, both of which that came yesterday. So, I mean, it's it just, it, it's frustrating to sit there and watch that. And then, of course, the... The offensive line, absolute monsters in the running game, but can't quite seem to anchor down when it comes to pass pro. So it's six in one hand, half a dozen in the other, and that's what watching the game was like yesterday. Watching the Bears dominate on first and second down and then fold on third down. Or at least it felt that way anyway. I know statistics won't uh, lend itself to that, but, you know, that's what was frustrating. And, and, Knowing that we're better than this team, like I don't know where Texans fans come up with the delusion 
that they have a better roster than we do? Because I, I absolutely do not see it. It might just be biased because I know these players and I've only heard of about six or seven players on the Texans' entire roster. But it's like there's no way the Texans were better than us. That They're just not. And we won the game because we were supposed to. Not because the Texans played awful or anything like that. I think we got a better game out of the Texans than I was anticipating, to be completely honest with you. So, again, I wasn't expecting the Bears to win by, you know, 20 or 30 points or anything, but I wasn't expecting it to be a down-to-the-end, literal down-to-the-end struggle that we just barely got past. So, we go into the fourth quarter. Uh, it's, it's a frustrating quarter to watch, but we had our fireworks at the end where Roquan saves us and then Cairo wins it for us. <laughs> Knee-jerk reaction, Bears, Texans, fourth quarter, and we're on the field three seconds to go. We've got the ball. Uh, Cairo Santos lining up to do a 30-yard field goal attempt to possibly win the game here. And uh, Roquan just picked it off uh, a moment ago uh, when the Texans were third and long in their own territory. Their ball tipped at the line of scrimmage. Roquan steps in front of it. And uh, we're all lined up. Here we go. The, uh, the snap, the hold, the kick is up. And it's good. Bears win. 23 to 20, but this, the reason that I'm not like, yeah, Bears win is because this is what I'm going to call the first, yeah, but victory against, of the Eberflus era. Okay. Cause aside from a Khalil Herbert and his 157 yards rushing and nearly 300 yards on the ground for the Bears as a whole, everything else needs a lot of work. You know, it's like Cairo Santos and Khalil Herbert. Outside of that, we got nothing to write home about uh, this week. Nothing. I mean, Roquan had a sexy game statistic-wise, and that interception uh, will make it go down a little bit smoother. But, you know, we played awful against an awful football team and almost lost the game. So, I mean, it's, it, this is one of those where you come away with the win, but you're not happy about it because it just nothing on the field – Looked good today, except for when we were running the football. The passing game is pathetic. I mean, I don't know if it's if it's Fields that isn't trusted by the coaching staff, or if Field doesn't trust his offensive line. If he has, if he doesn't trust what he's seeing on the field, and that's why he keeps hanging on to it. Whatever it is, passing game is is the worst in the NFL, statistically and literally. It just it's not good. It's very very bad right now and and I don't know what Wood can do to get it fixed. We had a couple of Cole Komet Darnell Mooning signings uh in, in this game, but but overall it was if it wasn't the running game, it just wasn't happening uh on the offensive side of the ball. So we'll take the win. We're two and one. We go on the road to the Giants and the Vikings the next couple of weeks before we return home for Thursday night football against the Commanders in what will be the worst night of my life when we go all orange. So, <sighs> anyway, Bears get the win, salvage the weekend. Uh, we'll see how we go, uh, how it goes from here. How are we going to look against the Giants, who are uh, who've looked good in those first two games and got a tough game with the Cowboys tomorrow night? <laughs> so there it is. Like I said, I, I thought these days were behind us. You guys have listened to me talk about how uh, you know I was. I hated being upset about the wins because it was always just, 
it was always trash watching, you know, especially the last few years under Nagy. You know, the starting in 2019 is where Yeah But was created because we had, we won eight games in 2019 and we had like four or five Yeah But victories. There were only, you know, maybe three games in that 2019 where it's just like, man, that was an awesome win. That one against the Vikings uh, at home in week four when Mitch went down and Chase Daniel came off the bench uh, and everything. But it was just, it was so frustrating uh, to watch a struggle against this team. And I know that we're bottom, bottom, th- bottom third of the NFL. I know this. But the Texans are literally in the bottom three. That's you know where people thought we were. But... And to watch us struggle against this team the way that we did, that's where the frustration set in. And it's not going to get any easier than this. The Giants are playing above themselves right now. They were looked upon to be one of the worst rosters in the NFL. And based on you know performance of the talent they've had the last few years, Saquon not being healthy and you know Daniel Jones and uh, not being the number six overall pick and so on and so forth, but they're two and zero, and they play uh, tomorrow night against the the Cowboys on Monday night, and I think they can win, which means they could be undefeated when we see them next Sunday in in the in the Meadowlands, or at least that's what I'm calling it anyway. I don't know what they're calling it now, but um, you know, it's not going to get any easier. The Giants look like a win when the schedule came out. I'm not so sure right now. Not with the way we've been playing, not with the way they've been playing. So this could be another struggle and or another loss, which, you know, two and two at the end of the first four games. Uh, I mean, I think that's where we all thought we'd be anyway with, you know, maybe 0-2 oh against the Niners and the Packers and the winning the Texans and the Giants to go into that Vikings game at 2-2. Two and two. So, but I mean, that may end up happening anyway, but we'll end up... We'll have to see. The Giants game's not going to be the cakewalk we all thought it was going to be when the schedule came out. And, um, yeah, or at least I don't think it will be. Anyway, watch us win 55 to nothing or some shit like that. But, you know, the the, the Roquan with the 16 tackles, he had that interception. Um, I'm sure he's going to hear about it in the locker room that he got run down by a quarterback, but whatever. You know, we, we got the field goal. We got the win. And... Uh, it's uh, it's a good thing. But I didn't think that uh, we were going to go into the Eberflus era bellyaching about wins um, where I'm doing more complaining, knee-jerk reactions. I sound frustrated and pissed. And, you know, we won the game. So I take that. We are 2-1. and one. That's awesome. But it, it, it's... We got to do much better in the passing game. We got to. We knew this team was going to struggle. We know this team is not going to the Super Bowl this year. Um, but to, to, like I said, to watch us struggle like that against the Texans and like go back and look at the schedule. This is basically the easiest game on the schedule as far as like this is the one you had circled. Like if you can guarantee one win all season, it's going to be against the Texans. They're not a good football team. They got a long way to go before they can start competing with people. So, yeah. I, I guess maybe it was more upset about the competition than, than uh, you know, combined with how we were playing against it. So, 
you know, maybe if if we were struggling against, you know, the the Vikings who are going to be a good team uh, this year or something like that, maybe it would have gone down a little bit easier because the Vikings are actually supposed to be better than us. But knowing that the Texans aren't as good as we are and also being frustrated listening to uh, or seeing, you know, Texans uh, people on online and everything talk about how they're frustrated that they're playing this poorly against the Bears. It's like, bitch, seriously? You're not as good as we are. You think it's frustrating for you? How do you think it feels for us? We're better than you. I know this. So, yeah, a lot of things. But, um, you know, I, like I said, as silly as it sounds, I wanted to feel good about the losses instead of being pissed about the wins uh, like we were so many times under Nagy. Well, here we are. We got a win that I'm not thrilled about and just going to have to deal with it, I guess. You know, you take the wins where you can. It's the NFL. Uh, they don't come easy. So the Bears win it 23-20. to 20. Um, Still got a lot of work to do, like I said, uh, in the reaction. There's uh, a lot of work to do before this, this team is ready to be something. And uh, But you just want to see progress. I know we're going to take a lot of losses this year, probably more than we want to, but you want to see progress, and we're not seeing that, especially with the most important position on the team, and that's our quarterback. We finally had a, you know, I think a next-generation talent fall into our laps in the draft last year. We wasted him because we had a dickhead of a coach uh, that picked him up, God bless him, for taking him and everything, and now – you know, we, we've been waiting to get him away from Nagy all of last season. We couldn't wait for this year just to see what he'd look like with somebody who actually knows what they're doing. And I still believe in the coaching staff. It's just the execution. Like, it actually is execution now, as opposed to Nagy saying it was execution. Then you go out there and you look, half the team doesn't know what to do because Nagy added 97 brand new plays for the playbook that week or whatever it was. So. Anyway, we'll close the book on the Texans. Uh, we get the win. It's time to get ready for the Giants. Uh, but before we go, we got everybody's favorite segment. Here it is. Bear up. Bear down. Bear up, bear down for week three uh, against the Houston Texans. Short list on both sides, but um, bear up, Eddie Jackson. That interception in the, uh, I believe it was the first quarter, was huge. It was huge because without that, we're looking at 21 to 13 at halftime instead of 14 to 13. Hell, maybe worse. Uh, if the Texans come back, boom, boom, 14, 14, 10 right off the bat like that after we go up 10 nothing. To start the game, huge, huge interception. Eddie Jackson being being Eddie Jackson again, being where the ball is and uh, being in the best position to make a play, kudos to him. Two interceptions in three weeks, whereas he had zero interceptions the last two seasons and only two since 2018, one of which was a Hail Mary interception. So bear up, Eddie Jackson. Bear up, Roquan Smith. After people wondering, you know, the, the whole where's Waldo thing with where's Roquan uh, against the Packers and the 49ers, 16 tackles, you know, quite a few of them for, for loss and the big interception 
uh, being there to uh, to nearly run it back and put us in position to get that game winner uh, from Cairo was absolutely huge. So bear up to Roquan Smith. Bear up Cairo Santos. Three field goals in this ball game. Hit both of the extra points on his return to Soldier Field. Not dealing with a monsoon where you try to soak up the uh, the field to make it a little easier to kick on uh, or anything like that. Bear up to Cairo, especially with the game winner uh, at the end. I still think there's something a little off with his with his technique. He doesn't look as fluid as he had before. Like he's still a little stiff. I don't know. Maybe it's me. But he had five opportunities to score for us. Nailed all five. Three, ex- three points, two extra points, or three field goals, two extra points. So kudos to him. And then finally, bear up Khalil Herbert. 157 yards rushing, two touchdowns, and uh, just a beast of a game coming off the a bench when uh, when uh, you know David Montgomery goes down. So bear up to Herbert for his performance. Bear up for stepping up uh, when he was needed. Uh, when it when the, basically the run game became all about him as opposed to him splitting duties uh, with Montgomery, who was coming off a monster game against the Packers last week. Uh, bear downs. Kendall Vildor, just, I don't know what we're doing with him. I know he was kind of out there out of necessity because of uh, uh, Jalen Johnson going down with that quad injury that he suffered in practice this week. Uh, Hopefully Jalen can bounce back and be out there on the field Uh, again. I know that Vildor is the other corner right now, so hopefully Lamar Jackson or somebody else can step up to – you know, take that spot away from him because he was trash, absolute trash, and he was trash against the Packers last week uh, and everything. I, I I hesitate to put Kyler Gordon on the list. Um, I'm like I said, I'm still being a little patient uh, with Kyler right now, but uh, it won't be long before he makes this list. If we see too many more plays where somebody on a crossing route catches a pass and is running, and you see number six trailing behind him. So you probably got caught staring in the backfield again, or you should have been playing the man instead of the quarterback uh, and whatnot. So, but those things will come. I have, I have, I have confidence. Jalen Johnson wasn't a genius. His first couple of games were only a few games into the rookie's career. I think he'll be okay. And then final bear down, I got to give to the entire offense for the passing game. You know, because like I said, every every play had its own story to tell. Sometimes it was. The offensive line just getting straight up whooped uh, off the ball. Sometimes the receivers weren't getting open. Justin Fields standing out there. I don't know if he's not trusting his eyes. If he doesn't know what he's seeing, you know, because we know he's got a high football IQ and he's got an arm to throw it out of the stadium. And he's pretty accurate with it as well, which is ironic because the two interceptions that he threw were bad balls, one to Komet and one to uh, Mooney. So it's just like the whole pass offense just needs to, I mean, it's literally the worst in the NFL. Uh, I read a stat online that said Justin Fields is 33rd in um, like passer rating or, or something like something some passing statistic. He's 33rd when there are 32 NFL teams. So not good, not good. So there's somebody coming off the bench playing in the game that's still doing better than you. <laughs> but but to end it on a high note, most valuable bear for the week, obviously Khalil Herbert, 157 yards, two touchdowns and stepping up when needed uh, with David Montgomery going down. So big ups to uh, Khalil Herbert and um, 
Don't know how long David Montgomery been will be out, uh, aside from the day-to-day nonsense that they gave us at the end of the game. Uh, in those press conferences, anything, hopefully Monday, Tuesday, we'll find out uh, more about his status and, and how long uh, we'll be out. So, Anyway, guys, that is going to do it. Come back tomorrow. We'll wrap up the entire NFL to see how well I'm doing on picks. It's, uh, you know, we're, we're in the Sunday night game now, and uh, I think I need to win both of these games to finish above 500 because it's not looking good. I got I got murdered today. I just there, yeah. I don't know. I'm, maybe I'm just lousy at it or something. But I think I was six and six and eight going into the Sunday night game. So yeah, not good, not good. So anyway, come on back tomorrow. We'll find out for sure. Hopefully the Giants and the uh, or is it six and I think it was seven and seven actually. Um, so the Broncos and the 49ers are playing right now. And um, the Cowboys and the Giants play on uh, Monday night. So I need both of those to finish 9-7 and seven above uh, 500. So we'll see how I do. Anyway, that'll be do it, guys. Come on back tomorrow for the recap. And then we'll be back Thursday to preview Bears-Giants. So until then, my name is Larry D. And this has been Bears Talk Underground.